We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's hard to believe, but football is almost back. The NFL preseason kicks off with the Hall of Fame game on August 1st, and soon we'll have a regular season in NFL and college football. That means it's time to make an account at the best online sports book known to man. That's right, I'm talking about my bookie. Sports betting is exploding in popularity. If you want to get in on the action with a trusted company that's been in business for years, my bookie is the place for you. With an easy, no-hassle mobile site, 24-7 customer service and bets on every sport, and prop imaginable, my bookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. Maybe you think Drew Brees and the Saints get their revenge for the terrible blown call in last year's NFC Championship. Or maybe you think Tom Brady and Patriots win an unbelievable sound Super Bowl. Why not make money when your prediction comes true? And if you deposit today, my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's right. You put in 100 you get 50 back. You put in 1000 you get 500 It's that easy. Football weekends are the best. But they're even more thrilling when every touchdown, you can win more money. So go to mybookie.ag and sign with today's promo code PANTHER25. At mybookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Hey guys, welcome man. It's Vlad Harris here on our Panther Rants podcast. Coming to you live from Pittsburgh. I'm in town for a few days. Basically, well, I came up to, you know, just to make a summer appearance, but knowing that um, we're doing some other things. My um, my best friend I've grown up with since I've, I've known since I was three was diagnosed with stage four cancer earlier in the year. I mean, it's, you know, one week he had a really bad pain in his side and, you know, it went on for about a week or so and he he went to get it looked at and it turns out it was more than what he, I guess, was hoping for or bargained for. And, you know, you know, he made, you know, made the calls and stuff. I mean, Obviously, it was, you know, when you get from somebody you grew up, grew up with, you know, it's close to you, it's, I mean, even a family member, I mean, that it's hard to process. I know when he got his diagnosis, he was having a hard time trying to explain it to me. But uh, they put aggressive treatment on him, and it paid off, and the, the tumor started to shrink. And he was getting, I think, I think recently he was going in for his final scan and they found a brain tumor. So now he's battling that. And it's the point now with the brain tumor that he can't really do anything. He can't, his motor skills aren't good. He has a hard time talking. So we're, you know, 
tomorrow night at uh, Mulligan's, we're gonna be, we're gonna raise some money for him for to help pay his medical bills. I mean, we we did a, we did a GoFundMe as well. We did that, and we're gonna continue to put money in that. Continue to donate. But uh, we're doing some, uh, you know, we're going to raise some money for him on Saturday as well. You know, he's been out of work for some time and he's still getting full salary. He's going to get a full salary for a few more months, but eventually it trickles down to 8% after that because he's probably going to have to go on. And then, like, short term or long term disability, you know, they only pay a certain amount, but he's going to get 8%, which isn't bad. But, uh, you know, medical bills, they, they, they pile up. So. That's pretty much you know, why I'm here for the most part this week, and plus to go see him as well. You know, I haven't, you know, I know around Father's Day he was doing pretty good. He was ha- happy and full of energy, and you know, and then this and then this happened. So let's hope it. Um, and I'll get to see him today. So because he he just got discharged from the hospital earlier, so we'll see what happens. All I can do with, you know, this stuff is just hope for the best. I mean, when I talked to him, you know, he's kind of a private guy. And I told him, you know, not, not to put up walls. People are going to want to, or people are worried about him. They're going to check, want to check up on him. And if people want to help, help, you know, let, let them help. So, I mean, he's, you know, we've kept in touch. And I just hope, you know, he can get through this. You know, last year he, you know. His daughter moves away, you know, you know, that's part of when we get divorced, you know, your, you know, your ex-wife, if you had kids with your ex-wife or, you know, if you're, or if you're a wife and you had an ex-husband, sometimes, you know, the ex marries and moves away and, you know, that happened last summer. Now this summer he's dealing with this. So let's hope for the best. Anyways, guys, I've been, I'm, I've been checking out a lot of things. I mean, it's amazing how stuff changes around here. I mean, last year I talked about how, you know, I guess how things have deteriorated around here. And so I went up to, um, last set to my little park to play hockey or to shoot hockey. And, um, Christ, the basketball courts here are in ruins. They're torn down actually, which is odd because every summer these basketball courts were packed with people playing hoops. Now it's a um, gravel lot, and they're supposed to put a deck hockey court here. They're supposedly going to move the deck hockey court from Hazelwood, that's on Second Avenue, up to here, and it just never happened. And the city, I believe, doesn't have the budget to maintain all these parks, so they're just falling apart. Um, it's crazy. So now people use this gravel lot and they think it's a parking lot. The hockey court itself, the one I shot at, there's big gaps. I was going to rollerblade. I'm glad I didn't. The baseball field, the grass is growing in. And people actually came up to play tennis, which I was shocked about. Because I don't think I've ever seen these tennis courts ever used, ever, in years. Probably since I was in grade school was the last time I saw these courts utilized. Now, let's talk about Pitt. Pitt had their ACC media thing, and I took a look at it, read the, um, you know, read, you know, listened to the press conferences and did the quotes. 
And one thing that stood out to me in these press conferences that these guys did is that they're all on the same page. And I guess you could say the Penarduzzi has changed the... He's been working on it, and I guess he's changed the overall culture of, you know, the program. One thing I noticed about this whole thing is it's a group of guys who are working hard and trying to improve every day and are pushing each other. That's what I find amazing about all this is that they're all just on the same page or thing. It's all about working hard and improving, improving, getting better every day and pushing each other. And I, I guess you can say they're on the same page and you could probably say that's maybe that's why these kids that we're getting from different parts of the country are, are wanting to come to Pitt now and they want, they love Pitt is that, you know, they're, they're making their official visits and they're probably seeing with all the same stuff that these uh, players are saying. It's all, it's all the same message. And obviously, whatever message that Pat Narduzzi got to these guys, everybody has uh, received the message. They get it loud and clear, and they're doing their part. So I can say kudos to Pat to Coach Narduzzi for that. I mean, that's great. And so right now at the park, right now and I'm parked, and I'm, you know, it's amazing how this pool is so packed. I mean, people are just coming here to use the pool. I mean, that's at least the pool's getting. At least the pool's still in. You know, they still keep that in freaking use. But just getting back to you know when I'm back on on topic here, they're seeing you know the the recruits are seeing the you know the, the culture, and when you got everybody all in together now, they want to be part of that. Whereas you, whereas you don't go somewhere and the message is all distorted, where you got different you know players saying different things. Now it's all together. So I, I love it. Now the uh, the preseason me the preseason stuff came out. And of course, Pitt is fourth on the coastal, and of course I I tweet out the link. I tweet out the photo of what USA Today has Pitt as, you know, Pitt, Pitt fourth place as well, and USA Today has them as um they has them they have them at sixth place. Well, no, I'm sorry, fourth place, six and six. Just like the media, the media pool does as well. Fourth in the coastal. Fourth in the coastal isn't bad, really, to be honest with you, because you you you, th- you figure Pitt law Pitt won the the coastal with a solid running game and a good offensive line. That they, they and they lost their two best running backs, and on top of that, they got to rebuild their offensive line. They lost some they've they've lost some critical guys there as well. So I think fourth place is fair. I mean, they're, the defense is coming back, and it's they caught on towards the end. It just offense for the most part, other than the running game, was just disappointing. But that's where Mark Whipple's going to come in and do some wonders. 
but if we look at the guys that are, are head of pit, you see today as Miami is number one, and I can understand that it's Miami. They're always going to have great athletes. The only, the only problem with Miami is they always have great athletes across the board, great players. It's just their quarterback is always a problem. They can't they can't seem to get themselves a good quarterback or or at least have a coherent passing game. The reason why they were so good when they won their last national title back in 2001, Ken Dorsey wasn't all that great, but the but the, still the passing game was coherent because he got the ball to his receivers. He had really good receivers. All he had to do was get the ball to them in some way or shape or form. I mean, he was able to operate that offense and mesh with that team. Whereas for some reason, no matter what Miami has done, their quarterbacks just continue to be the Achilles heel. So until somebody can come in and get them a coherent passing game, it's going to be more of the same. So let's hope and, well, not, you know, I guess for a Miami fan's sake, you hope and pray. Sure. But from a Pitt's perspective, you, you don't want to hope and pray. But of course, it didn't matter last year because we had no passing game. And of course, they blew up our line and we, we lost a miserable game to them last year. Somehow, you know, the year before, Kenny Pickett played out of his mind and the defense play out of their mind. And we just couldn't do anything else the next year. Because, you know, every team every team knew our weakness. Of course, we lost our, um, one of our top linemen because we, we due to a gimmick play we used several times. We used it with Brian O'Neill. We thought it was cute to use it with uh, Morrissey, I believe. It. And, you know, it was a nice play. It's just unfortunate. Accidents happen, and somebody landed on his leg, and that was it. <laughs> the offensive line somehow just couldn't—I um, don't know—just couldn't get together after that. Although we did very well in the Stanford game, it's just that we didn't have a the passing game's an issue, and it'll continue to be until stuff happens. I mean, we got rid of um, Sean Watson, but part of that wasn't Sean Watson's fault. It wasn't totally his fault. Part of it was on Pickett as well. Sean Watson can't make the throws for Kenny Pickett. There were throws that Pickett had to make. He just didn't do it. I mean, you can drop as many stupid plays as you want, design as many plays as you want to to make him good. He's got to make the throws in the reads. And, you know, I mean, this is Pickett, This is year three for Pickett. And a lot of people are going against the grain. They're saying this is going to be the year for Pickett. He's going to be the explosive player that we saw in the last half of the um, last parts of the 2018 um, season. Or no, 2017 season because 2018 was, you know, yeah, it's 2019. We're hoping for that. Will it happen? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, this is a put-up or shut-up for Kenny Pickett right now. We got him an actual offensive coordinator. Obviously, I mean, he's done some work. I mean, Whipple's been around. He did he did pretty well with UMass in his first stint, and then he came. To, he was with the Steelers for a bit. 
did pretty well with Big Ben. All I can do is hope for the same with Kenny Pickett. So let's hope. Let's pray and let's hope we got some. Because we're going to need Kenny Pickett. We're going to need him to make throws. He's got some talented receivers. Like, just like Miami. Talented receivers. He's got to get on the same page and he's got to get them the ball. I mean, I, I reviewed some of uh, Pitt's losses. I mean, which we'll talk about, you know, in the outlook as well. I mean, I watched, I mean, I rewatched the, that disaster 51 6 against Penn State. It was obvious that Penn State was the better team that night. And the only way Pitt was going to win that game is if they ex- executed. And the problem is, is they didn't execute in that first half. The opportunities were there to get to get a lead on Penn State. They didn't, they didn't execute. They didn't make plays. And then my, when the second half rolled around, Penn State, you know, put us out of our misery. And, of course, we didn't really um, – we didn't help ourselves either. But we've come a long way. I mean, I watched – I watched the backer brawl from 20, 2010 when Dave Wanstead was the coach. I watched, you know, one thing that always was my curiosity that because I didn't watch the entire game, I didn't get a chance to. That game, our our defense for the most part kept us in it, but we were so one dimensional. Basically, when West Virginia took away the running game and made made us try to win with Tina Sanzari at the time. It just wasn't going to happen. And, of course, Geno Smith and Taylor Austin tore us apart. And we kept fumbling the ball as well. And I mean, pretty much that was a game that sealed Dave's fate. I mean, I I think if you're the AD, doesn't matter who you are as the AD. I and mean, if you're watching that, you're, wondering, you're probably thinking to yourself, this really isn't going to get any better. So why even bother with it? Oh well, guys. I think you know we're a lot we're a lot better now as a program, and I think it's gonna you know good things are ahead. I mean, like I mentioned before, the morale seems high. Let's hope it um, it carries on this season. I mean, if you look at who's ahead of us, Virginia obviously has been trending upward, and I mean they they probably gave it to Virginia just to give it to them. I mean. They can have it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean they're going to finish first in the conference. I mean, they could put a banner up if they want. I mean, but the program under under Mendenhall is trending upward. That's really all I can say about them is it's trending upward. It can't get any worse for them. Miami, obviously, is going to be in there as well because they're Miami. Virginia Tech will always get in because it's privilege. But they, they, always, they always get so overly hyped. It used to be Virginia Tech was the favorite to win the champion, the national title, or at least a player in that national title thing. But once October rolled around, I mean, they would basically beat up on cupcakes. And then when October rolled around and they played an actual opponent, they would lose, and you you wouldn't hear from them ever again. Now it's they're now it's they're a major player in the coastal division. That's it. They, they went from being a major player in the in the national sense. To just be a national major player in the um, ACC Coastal. My, how the tables have turned. Anyways, 
Four Place is nice. I mean, if anything, you can say like the you know with USA Today with the six and six. There, people are always going to lazily pick Pitt as six and six because it's just a safe bet. You know, eh, you know they may, they're going to win six games. They may win more. They win may less. You know, just how it is. I think a lot a lot a lot of ways they can they can only um, cover them for so long. Cover so many teams, they're just like, eh, whatever. They basically they basically focus on the top twenty five, and they're just like, eh, whatever. Moving along, I mean, some other stuff has come along. Um, UConn paid seventeen million to get, to get out of the uh, a the American Conference early. I'm just wondering where UConn is getting all this money from because they're so much in debt. There's so much in the red right now as far as their athletic department goes. Randy Edsel had to pay out of his own pocket to get his own offensive coordinator a raise. But UConn has $17 million to get themselves out of the American Athletic Conference just so they can get to the Big East. Now, I've seen two sides of this argument. People are saying that UConn is panicking and they're jumping to the Big East. Whereas they've not, they've not you know, been patient with the American Athletic Conference for that conference to take hold because it's still, it's still a relatively young conference. They're not letting the basketball conference take shape. So they're just, they're just going ahead and um, leaving. Obviously, UConn's bread and butter is their um, basketball, and that's what they're, they're, they're trying to protect is their basketball product. But a lot of people said that the, the guy who kept, the person who maintained that program kept it where it was was Calhoun. And it doesn't matter who they bring in. It's, you know, the results for uh, UConn hoops is going to be mixed no matter what. Kevin Ollie came in and won a national title, and then they just went downhill. They brought Hurley in, and we'll see what happens there. I mean, his first year wasn't all that great. I mean, of course it's not. He's taken over a program that's had its issues, but UConn obviously wants to wants to face its familiar foes, its familiar rivalries. So I can see why. And on top of that, the women's program is having their problems. It's not problems with issues as well. They they won they they won their they, they won their conference but they were two seed in their um, tournament and what the what people said what they cited was it was the strength of their conference they played in so you call women as a two seed it was a big you know obviously it's a big alarm but hey it happens But um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I mean, that's just something you uh, monitor and keep keep going. Uh, obviously, the NFL training camp started, so naturally, most of the tweets you'll see are going to be people out, outraged or happy or pumped up about how these people are showing up at the camp. Antonio Brown show up in a hot air balloon, and of course, the jokes write themselves. Is what a lot of people are saying. I don't know, to be honest. And of course, Russell Westbrook was introduced with you know with, you know with the head you know with with the Rockets. You know, I figured that was going to be the most logical trade for the Rockets 
because the salaries were so similar. And now, supposedly Westbrook was hurt, so now you wonder if he's going to get bit by the injured bug or not. I hope not. I'd like to take a second, though, guys, to introduce you to our newest friends from SeatGeek. Let them take the cue finishing on your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals of your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. Green Dot has great deals, Yellow Dot good deals, Red Dot not so good deals. Use promo code ACA to check out to receive 20 bucks on your first purchase. That's two free beers on the steam, at the same on them. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACA for $20 on your first purchase. SeatGeek Life's Event, we have the tickets. And of course, guys, you know, you can go to SeatGeek to look for some pirate tickets because I'm sure you can get them very cheap because they're on a big skid right now. I think Verlander bitched about the you know the juice in the baseballs, and now teams just aren't hitting as good. It happens. But um, you know, Pirates were were hitting out of their minds, and now all of a sudden. Uh, it's just gotten pretty bad. But, uh, hey, you still got that park and all kind of, you know, amenities and the views. So, still check it out. I mean, like I said, I... I end, I mean, I'm, I... I give a medal to uh, the guys who, who still are a little of the Pirates year in year out. I mean, there's not, it's, it's not the baseball sucks. Baseball's a great sport to watch. It still is. Yeah, it can be boring at times, but you know what? It's still not bad. I mean, it's hard not not to not to. Um, it's hard to hate it. Let's just say. I mean, for one thing, I love the history of baseball. It might be a big thing of it. Anyways, guys, I'm done here. Hell to pit. See you later.